Hey, everybody. To our new listeners checking out Chalk Talk, welcome. I'm Doug Curtin. Please go to platform.com, that's plt4m.com, to check out more from us. For our returning listeners and for our new listeners, today's a special episode. We typically talk to middle and high school coaches and teachers, but today we got to sit down with Mike Graham, an elementary physical education teacher who has been a leader in physical education, both at the local, state, and national level. So this is an awesome episode. I'm so excited that we got to talk with Mike, and he really presented a lot of great ideas and conversation starters for any teacher, regardless of elementary, middle, or high school level. So check out this episode. I'm so excited to present it. This is Chalk Talk, presented by Platform. Let's go. All right. On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we're excited to welcome on a teacher of the year, a shape teacher of the year, Mike Graham. Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, You're an elementary PE teacher of the year, uh, a wrestling coach from Illinois, and and a lot of great stuff in terms of what you put out um, in terms of thoughts, ideas, content, and a lot of different spaces. So I'll kick it over to you just to kind of um, maybe get a little background about your your life and how you kind of got into this world of, of physical education for our listeners at home. Sure, sure. So like you said, I teach elementary PE. Uh, I'm in my 23rd year of teaching. Uh, I've done all of my teaching uh, here in Illinois. Uh, and yeah, I was just uh, this, this past year, 2019, I was uh, named the uh, Illinois Aford Elementary PE Teacher of the Year. So that was, that was a big honor. I was really uh, humbled and excited to get that. Um, I'm really heavily involved with my state organization. Um, I serve on several different committees and leadership roles there. Uh, I'm also a Shape America member. They're our national uh, governing body. Um, like I said, I've also coached wrestling, uh, like you like you had mentioned. Um, and that's just that's my one sport that I really enjoy. I really have uh, I've, I've been doing that since since college. I started uh, like my junior year of college. I started volunteering, so that's been a that's been a good uh, experience. Uh, I've really enjoyed working with the kids in that capacity as well. Awesome. So juggling um, a lot of the the younger kids, and then for wrestling, are you coaching at the middle school level, high school level, or? Yeah. So actually, um, I've I've coached at all levels. We have kids club. We've got, I've coached at middle school um, and high school. Currently, right now, I, I finished our middle school season is over, and now I'm helping out at the at the high school. So um, yeah, it kind of that gives gives me my competitive uh, wrestling fix. To get out there and work with the kids. <laughs> yeah, it gets you going a little bit. That's awesome. Well, I think today's episode, we're going to spend a decent amount of time talking about sort of your involvement with some of those groups that you mentioned in terms of different leadership roles and different ways that you've been involved, um, you know, at the the state and and more national level. So do you mind kind of breaking down some of those roles that you've been in and, and why you've kind of become so active within this space or community? Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really important. You know, I think every teacher at some point, um, you know, it gets to that point where they wanted to give back to, to the profession in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I know that people had to help me, you know, along the way when I first started and, um, you know, now being 20 plus years into it, I feel I'm in a good position. I've got a lot of great experiences under my belt and a lot of good, uh, um, ideas to share with people that are maybe just getting started or even if they've been teaching for a while. So, um, one of the one of the ways that I've decided to give back was to get involved with my local state uh, organization and 
Um, our, our state in Illinois is divided up into regions, um, northern, northeastern, southern, western. We've got different uh, regions, how the, the state is divided up. And, and where I live and where I teach is, is considered the northern district. And so uh, I started there as um, uh, getting involved and in going to some of their meetings and they host some workshops and um, you know, some professional development days. And then um, I started uh, serving on their leadership team. And um, you know, that, that kind of led to some uh, involvement at the, at the state level, uh, working with their social media. Uh, I'm now the social media chair for, for Illinois AFERD and uh, serve on their uh, curriculum instruction and assessment committee. Uh, I serve on their technology com committee. And, uh, you know, it's just so just lots of different ways that I feel like I can use some of the talents and some of the skill sets that I have and kind of give back to to the profession. Um, and it's been really rewarding. The biggest part for me is just the, the relationships that I, that I've developed over the, over the years, uh, the opportunity to go and present, um, at, at conferences and workshops, you know, all over the, all over the country. Uh, that's been a lot of fun and meeting a lot of people that you, uh, interact with on social media and then getting to, to meet them face to face is always fun as well. Sure. Sure. And that's one of the fun things for us too, is getting to meet, you know, folks like yourself and connected into all of those different groups. Um, what's maybe one of the big things that you had picked up or, or an idea or, or something that you had seen or, or talked about with someone that you went and applied at your school? And then maybe we'll flip it in a few minutes once you explain that into, you know, vice versa, something that you tell others. So I'll kick it to you for the first one. What do you, have you picked up from maybe going to one of these or talking with other folks that you've tried to, you know, incorporate into your typical curriculum or, or you know, day to day at your school? That's a that was a good question. I, I, I think for me, it's, it was, I was to the point where I'd go to the, the state convention every year. And, and a lot of times I, I, I would look and be like, oh, I've seen that before. I've, I've done that before. I've kind of done that something similar, you know, you see a lot of the same things. And, and uh, you know, so I thought, you know, well, maybe, maybe I could, you know, throw my hat in the ring and, and apply to, to present and maybe I'll get accepted and I can kind of share some of the stuff that I, that I do. And, um, one of the biggest things that I think I've taken away from people um, is, you know, all those little nuances when, when it's hard to, to pick up stuff when you see uh, like a picture or you read an article or, or you, you know, you find a lesson online, but when you actually see um, a person teach, um, when you can watch it in like a video uh, you know, on social media or something, and you kind of see how that uh, teacher interacts with the kids. I like to pick up you know, some of those little nuances, those are really big for me. I think the biggest, the biggest push that really kind of got me moving uh, into being a better teacher was, was the, the induction of, of incorporating technology into my teaching. Um, you know, that's really made me a more efficient and effective teacher in a lot of different ways. Um, and I, I would say that I was kind of pushed in that direction um, uh, by a guy, Jared Robinson from Australia. Uh, he's kind of known in the physical education world as the PE geek. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's gotten, um, you know, a, a, he's got a website and he's got all kinds of stuff that different ways that you can incorporate technology into your class. It got me thinking, it's not it's something that I, you know, teaching for 20 plus years, I didn't start with that. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't an option for me back then when I started and, you know, to try to keep up with, um, you know, the current pace of technology and find great ways to utilize that tool to reach kids, I think is, is really powerful. So I think that would be the biggest thing is this, that leveraging technology uh, was, was my big 
like takeaway that I was like, ah, oh, there's a lot of potential here. And yeah, know, how, can, how can I harness that and, and use it, you know, for, for managing the sheer numbers of kids that I teach, you know, because uh, I see every student in the building. And then also, how can I use it uh, as a teaching tool for kids to help better, you know, relay content to them, maybe visually or, um, you know, stuff like that. So it, it's, it's been a game changer for me. Yeah, that's, that's cool to hear. And, it, and it, I think we talk a lot about it with a lot of teachers and folks we hear a lot of times, like, you know, um, especially in, in the physical education setting is it, it sometimes is kind of like, you know, that's the last stop where technology gets incorporated. And it seems more so and more so that physical education teachers like yourself and other folks are saying, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Let's start to be like the leaders in incorporating technology because there's just so many great opportunities out there. Um, and one of the things I think you do a great job of and just following you and, and checking out some of the stuff you do is some of those like visual aids visual tools and using technology to kind of show adapt just past the managing side of things. Like how much of that have you kind of started to develop on your own versus going out and finding what other people are doing? Cause I know you do a lot of that yourself. Yeah. I mean, it depends if, if I can find something that I really like that somebody else does, like I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'll, I'll, I'll borrow from them. You know, I'll use that. I'm willing to go to teacher pay teacher and pick up, you know, some good things if somebody's created some good visuals or something. But you know, every once in a while I come across times where like, there's just nothing that really suits my needs exactly what I want. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to tweak something uh, that I've seen out there, or I'm going to create something entirely new of my own that'll work for my kids and my program. Um, so I kind of do a little bit of both and I, and I have, I have, uh, one of the big things that I know that a lot of teachers out there really, uh, appreciate about my, my website. And that is that I post all of my activity sheets that I create, uh, on my website, everything's free. They can, you know, print them, view them, download them, whatever they want. And, um, you know, they're, they're great cause they've got a visual, like how the gym should be set up uh, when you, with the equipment and then it's got, you know, your list of equipment and quick, you know, how do you play and, and that kind of stuff. And it's just a, a one page thing. And it's just, you know, something that you, it, it's explained so well that you can just leave it for a substitute and the substitute can come and pick that up and teach it. Um, so a lot of people said, Oh, yep. I see them at a conference. They're like, Oh, my students are playing your, this game or this game of yours. And I just left printed off the sheet. It was great. So, um, you know, that, that's been nice, but I think, um, I think, you know, using, using a combination of, of, of mediums to present stuff to kids visually is really, is really key. Like, you know, getting some animated GIFs or, or some video, uh, even just using some different uh, pictures and diagrams and stuff. So when kids can, can see it, I think that helps them make that connection a lot easier than just always, you know, me talking about it or me demonstrating it. Um, I think there, there's some power in that, especially when you, a student can see themselves uh, on video, uh, you know, cause it's, it's funny you know, you're teaching uh, underhand throw or whatever. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, stepping with the opposite foot, you know, opposition, and then the kids are out there doing an activity. And then you just, I take my iPad and I, and I film a little bit. And then I go over to that student. I'm like, what, what foot are we supposed to step with? Oh, opposite, right? Okay, well, take a look here, you know, right? And they look at themselves and they're like, oh, you know, light bulb clicks. And they're like, oh, it makes sense. Now that's what I look like. Uh, and I was going to say, make that adjustment now. So now, you know, step with that opposite foot and then they'll start to incorporate that. Whereas before that technology piece, I don't, you know, that I didn't, I couldn't really do that. I could tell them they were doing it wrong or I could kind of show them and walk them through it, but I could walk away from that student and then, you know, they, they, they forgot, you know, right. I think it's powerful when they see themselves. Sure. And I think that's a really a good takeaway for any listener 
no matter what level, you know, a lot of the folks that listen to this podcast um, are working with students in the weight room and, Mm -hmm. and they're learning how to move for the first time with, you know, barbells, dumbbells, different things like that. And they think it's moving in a certain direction. And to your great point, you know, all of a sudden you can tell someone or show someone 10 times over a, a certain movement, but until you video it or they see it themselves, that's a super powerful thing that they get feedback from. And, and like I, I coach swimming myself and, you know, these kids are buried under the water. They're working hard trying to figure everything out. And sometimes I'm saying it over and over and it's like, huh. And I pull out the phone quick record and it's not anything, you know, super high tech. It's my, my phone camera, um, not any, you know, state of the art, uh, video equipment. And, you know, it quickly clicks for a lot of kids because that's their best mode of learning is seeing, oh, I'm not doing this this way. And I, I need to adjust or move. I think that's an awesome, really simple use of technology that you talked about that can really be applied from elementary all the way up. Absolutely. Cool. And then I, I want to pick up on one part that I, I always like to do with, with most of my guests. And, and that's where I start to play a little bit of devil's advocate or ask what you've done when you maybe have gotten pushback. Like, has anyone ever said, you know, you know, physical education, technology, you know, this is the time we want kids to be moving active and technology is going to slow that down. Have you ever gotten that from people or have you ever heard that concern be raised about bringing technology into PE and having it kind of, you know, slow things down or, or kind of keep kids from being active? Yeah, I, absolutely. That's definitely going to be, you know, like you said, the devil, av- the devil's advocate side of things. People are going to be like, I don't want these kids like on devices. I want them active. I want my student to move. You know, I want them running around. I want them participating. I don't want them. But, you know, again, what I teach is physical education. I, I, I'm teaching a class. I'm not just a physical activity specialist. I, I mean, if, if that was my job, you know, you, you, I could, I could, keep kids moving for the entire time. You know, I could find activities that would keep them actively engaged for the entire time. But physical education is about that learning component. There's got to be some component of learning there. And sometimes, you know, slowing down and presenting information to students that, you know, helps them with a skill or a strategy or some, some form of of, of understanding. There's got to be that cognitive piece there. And it's not just all, you know, physical activity. Um, you know, I think a lot of times that gets lost. People just think, well, they just come in the gym, they run around and play. Well, you know, that, that's not really what happens in my class. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be an educational component and sometimes slowing down and implementing some of this stuff, uh, you know, really allows kids to grasp that, that piece, that educational piece that may just kind of get skipped over if all we're doing is trying to keep them busy, you know, busy, happy, and good. It, it was, it's always kind of been the, uh, you know, the gold standard, if you can keep the kids busy, happy, and good, you're doing a great job as a PE teacher. You know, a lot of administrators will tell you that, but those administrators don't have a, a physical education degree or background. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so when, when you're getting feedback from other PE teachers, I mean, to, for me, that's way more valuable because they understand, you know, my, my, my area of expertise. They, and that's where they're coming from too. Um, I think, I think that's I think that's great because it puts what what I think we hear and start to have a lot of people trend towards and and it's with some merit and it's also with to your point not the activity teacher the education teacher and and that physical aspect mm-hmm. of like you know a, a lot of physical education classes get measured by amount of activity you know what yeah. percent of class were students active and moving and I think there's merit to those things like there there's certainly especially if you're 
you know, looking for kids in forms to be active and that's their time of the day to get activity, et cetera. And maybe that starts to creep up more in the middle school and high school level than it does elementary. But regardless, it's a really, really good point. I think that should be heard. And and I think you've stated it in a very clear and succinct way is that, you know, it's not just, you know, keep them active and happy and and good, like you just talked about. And I might have butchered those three, but you said it better than I did. Because that's, I think, where, again, just crosses over every element, every layer of, of what we're trying to teach, whether it's, you know, yeah, sure, you can run a kid through an hour long workout, but what they learn at the end of it you know what did they get out of it that they can apply when it's not just you know the start of PE and the end of PE yes yeah I I think that's I mean that's that to me is what I want my students to be physically educated right I want them to know how to move their body you know I want them to enjoy movement I want them to experience a wide variety of things so that they can select things that they feel they're good at you know developing that confidence and that competence in their skills so that if, if I'm, if they're learning these skills and they feel good about those skills, they're going to use those skills, you know, long after they leave my class, when, when PE's over, they're going to, they're going to apply something hopefully out at recess or when they go home or on the weekend with their, with their friends, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's something that they're getting from me. If I'm just coming in here and playing games with them all the time, you know, and not really teaching them the, the value and the why behind what we're doing, then I feel like I'm doing the kids a disservice, right? Right. So uh, I think that's that's really important, and and technology can really also can really help uh, the the speed at which I'm able to deliver the content, uh, the way that I transition from one activity to the next. You know, because I I can flash something up on the screen, I can have animated gifs. The kids could be practicing the skill that they're seeing up there. It'll freeze me up to kind of go around the room and diagnose and direct as needed. And, you know, I don't have to continuously demonstrate because the kids can refer to that because they have a, a model right in front of them. So it's almost like cloning myself and having, you know, two of me in the gym, which makes it, you know, a lot better, you know, of a situation for kids. And, and we never had that before. So technology doesn't replace, you know, a good, t- a good teacher, you know, good teachers are never going to get replaced by technology. But I think that teachers that utilize technology are going to far surpass those that don't. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the best ways people, especially in education reference technology is it it's freed me up to go do X, Y, or Z now instead, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm now, I'm now not, you know, always handcuffed by a larger, you know, standing in front of a classroom. I can now navigate and give more hands-on teaching or kind of get into the nitty gritty with kids as, you know, the main thing is cycling and everybody stays, you know, on track. Those I think are really good examples of what you just touched on in terms of technology being an aid to a really great and, and strong teacher like yourself. Yeah, and that's so- all it is. It's, it's a tool. I mean, it's a, and I'll use any tool that I can, that I can, you know, to reach students and to, to be a better teacher or to, to, to teach, uh, to, to, to meet their, you know, their learning style. Um, so I just look at it as a, as just a tool that I'm going to leverage in my class. It's not something that's going to overtake my class, you know, but there is going to be some immersion in some technology in the things that I do, because, you know, this is the age that the kids are growing up in they're, you know, they've all been grown up with a cell phone. You know what I mean, they're, they're all, this is what, this is what they know. And so kind of going and meeting them where they're at and using a medium that they're familiar with, I feel is, is a win-win. 
Sure. Absolutely. And then I think kind of where we, we started this conversation and got into a really great kind of dive into your day to day and your, and your practical side of things and, and you know, what you're living in is, is now to just kind of take one step now back up to, to the conversations you're having at these clinics or, or in your leadership roles is how do you then advocate that? Like you've said, cause I think a lot of our listeners too will say, all right, PE teacher to PE teacher. I get it. You know, and that's a common theme. And I, I, I hear you kind of saying, you know what, there's other people that don't quite get it, be it administrators or other teachers. And, and you know, it sounds to me, obviously, like you are an, a great advocate for why it does matter to everybody. Why should PE be important to all? So what do you kind of do in terms of that advocacy or those conversations to get those outsiders or those folks that might not be in the the the, the gym halls and the working on all of those things you are to kind of hear you or see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I learned early on in my career that if, if you want people around you, you know, your coworkers, your administrators, parents, the community at large, I mean, if you want them to value what it is that you bring to the table and what you do for kids, then, then you have to be visible. Right. I mean, by that, I mean like no one's going to miss you if they don't know you're there. I mean, you, you need to, you need to be your own cheerleader, your own public relations agent. You know, it's okay to toot your own horn once in a while to let others know that what we do matters and that what we do has value and that what we do is an integral part of a child's development and their well-being. Their well-being. Um, so, I mean, I, I try to take every opportunity that I can to let those stakeholders know what's going on in my classroom. Uh, and I, and I have a, I have, you know, a, a list of things that I can share just real quick of, of different ways that I kind of advocate for what goes on in the gym during PE. So we have a, one of them, a simple one, and probably most schools have some type of uh, all school newsletter that probably goes out once a month or twice a month or whatever, weekly, maybe. I always try to put a, a blurb in there in our e-newsletter just so that every time, you know, that the parent opens that, that email, there's, you know, this week in PE, here's what, here's what happened. They can click on that. And it's a link that goes right to my website. So my website is, an, is another huge way that I advocate for what we do. I'm, I'm constantly posting things um, that are taking place in the gym and what the students are, are learning each week. Uh, I put some videos in there. I share some resources in there. I share some assessments in there so parents can see that. And wow, this is way different than what <laughs> I did when I was in school. Um, and uh, I mean, social media has been a, another great way to share and promote things that are taking place in the gym. You know, the fact that it's a public platform that's accessible to anyone really helps bring visibility to my program. I think that's a huge thing. Um, I, I use an app called Class Dojo, which is just another tech tool that I use to communicate with parents, to share videos and pictures and text. I do that on a regular basis. So that kind of gives them a sneak peek into the gym. And, you know, I've received a lot of compliments from parents who really enjoy having a window into their child's day. So when they get home, you know, what, what did, you know, instead of asking, what did you do today in PE or what did, what did you do today at school or how was school? You know, the, the common response, fine, you know, nothing, you know, like, you know, it, right, right. Spark that conversation when they can see, oh, I saw that you played this activity or you did this or you were learning about this or, you know, tell me about it because now they're like, oh yeah. And then they can kind of sit next to their parent and they can, you know, share that. They can explain what was going on and it sparks that conversation and it brings, you know, again, validity to what it is that you do. Um, you know, and just, just being visible, uh, uh, you know, in your school, whether it's, you know, your, the way that you uh, 
decorate your gym, your bulletin boards and your, you know, just the, the things you hang on the walls. Um, I, I think that's, that's really important to say that, you know, we, we want a, a seat at the table as well. It's not just classroom teachers, but also, you know, specialists that we, what we do for students is equally as important, right? So, you know, when classroom teachers at the elementary are doing bulletin board displays and hanging up posters and signs and all kinds, I think like I, the gym is my classroom. I want to, I want to decorate that. I want that to look when somebody comes into the gym, like, wow, there is learning taking place here. Look at all this stuff. I think sure. that's great. Yeah. I, I like that class dojo one. I, my, uh, my better half is a fourth grade teacher actually. And she, um, uses class dojo. And I think the pictures is a great way to say mm. like, this is what's going on inside the class and give that visual instead of just like, you know, here's a report and here's your one page you know, one paragraph summary of how your kid's doing. And like that only goes so far. I think the images and seeing it in that constant communication just is really impactful that apps like, you know, class dojo remind me at more of the middle school, high school level, those types of communication apps have come a long way. So you can see what's going on inside that classroom. That's, that's really cool. Um, Awesome. And, And so then what steps do you think to, to build off that now to the next level here, if you'll, if you'll, you know, stick with me in yeah. terms of like, you know, an Iford or a shape, do you think that they provide or resources they're giving to teachers or to communities or larger groups as a whole that can then keep that same thing going? You know, that, that, that specialist like yourself in, in PE is getting that recognition um, you know, obviously things like you receiving teacher of the year and other things like that are great, but what other ways do you think that that happens in those types of organizations? Well, that each of those organizations, your state association and the national organization, they both have, or should have, I know the, the, the national one does and our state in Illinois does, uh, has an advocacy page or an advocacy committee, people who are in charge of, 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 of the advocacy efforts on behalf of physical education and health yeah. as a whole. Um, you know, I know that we both, uh, host, um, like speak out days every, uh, we go down to the state Capitol here in Springfield in, in Illinois, um, every year, large group of PE teachers and, and go and speak with legislators about, you know, current issues or opposing or supporting a particular bill and just kind of getting, you know, five minutes to meet with them and kind of give them some talking points and, you know, having a presence there is, is, is important when you're you know advocating for, you know, more PE or, or smaller class sizes or, or, you know, doing away with waivers and exemptions, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, the, there, there's opportunities at the state level and, and the national level. I know the national one in Washington is, is coming up March 10th and 11th. Um, you know, so there's an opportunity for people to go and meet with, you know, legislators that are in charge of making a lot of the decisions that are going to affect us in the day-to-day right. operations. Right. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that is, has been a, a, a great kind of cover of, of your passion and background in the space of physical education. Um, you know, I, it, it, this is admittedly probably the first time we've we've had someone on that that teaches at the uh, the elementary level full time. Um, in that, you know, we have some crossover with other teachers we've chatted with that do a little elementary, middle, high school, whatever it may be. But it's amazing in in my own takeaway now of having talked to a lot of teachers on this podcast to hear just how things carry over regardless of what level, just kind of obviously some different circumstances, but those same types of opportunities for technology, for growth as a subject, and, and you know, all the way from elementary, 
all the way up to high school. That's, that's so cool to hear and, and have a different perspective. So I'm so thankful that you joined us. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been awesome to be a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a few times, um, different resources and different things that, that you touched on. Like I mentioned at the, at the front half of the show, we will be linking all of that out, um, to our website. So you can go find all of the different ways that Mike is sharing different types of content and resources and things like that. Um, so I'll close with this, Mike, so we can, we can wrap up with, with some, uh, kind of next steps for everybody is, Obviously, you've been you've been at this for about 20 years. Um, you, you mentioned, and you know, now recognized as a teacher of year, which is a great achievement award. In, in terms of your own development, or what you kind of set out for the next year, two, three years, what what would you say maybe is a goal or something you kind of are looking to do or incorporate either in your day to day classroom or, or bigger picture in terms of some of those different advocacy things that you might mention. You know, big or small, I'd love to hear kind of a, a next step for for Mike Graham. Well, I think one of the big things that I really wanted to do better, um, not that I don't, that I'm bad at it now, but I, I, I want to do a better job personally. So as a, as a personal next step and things that I want to try to delve into a little bit tighter that over the next, you know, coming years is, is just the building those, continuing to build those relationships with my students. Uh, you know, so often the day can get busy and it's just, you know, classes coming in, classes going out, next class is coming in, next class is leaving. And, and, and right. it can almost, you know, be that, you know, oh, just trying to keep everything and you forget that, you know, these, these kids really are, you know, we talk about advocacy. They really are the best promoters of what we do. I mean, I mean, if, if you have students who leave with positive experiences, who are excited about moving, you know, they're going to go home. They're going to tell their parents about it. You know, I want to, I want to try to make, continue to make this class the best part of their day, you know, so that when they do go home and they get asked how their day was, you know, the first thing that they talk about is PE. Um, you know, that, that is a, is a huge advocacy thing in and of itself. Right. And I don't, I don't care, you know, how much content knowledge you have or, you know, how many cool technology gadgets or what the size of your gym is or your budget. I mean, if, if, if I can't connect with kids, then, you know, I'm going to struggle in my teaching career, you know, the, my entire, my entire career, if I can't, if I can't make those connections. So one of the things that I'm really trying to focus on is some more of the social emotional learning pieces yeah. that go along with the activities, kind of, kind of pausing, taking an opportunity to use those teachable moments when I just, I'm tempted to just try to rush through and cover content. Um, so, you know, my challenge to myself and to, to people listening would really be to, to kind of slow down and to take the time to really get to know your kids, to develop those relationships with them, to, you know, to explain those teachable moments when they come up to explain why we're doing these things and how our responses to people or how our interactions and our words are, are impactful on others, you know, and, and just continue to work on building that, that great morale and a great climate within, within the gym. You know, that's, that's kind of always been, you know, that, that, that goal that's been out there for me. I don't feel I'm quite there yet, but uh, I'm continuing to, to try and, and reach for that every day. So that, that's kind of the next, next big thing for me is to continue to tighten down on that and find more opportunities to integrate that social emotional learning piece. Yeah, absolutely. And what a great place to, to wrap up. I think you nailed it. Um, and it's so funny you say that because I think anybody, including myself, as you were saying that can go back to, my interactions with some of my kids and thinking, you know, did I slow myself down? Did I meet them how I should have? And, and I think 
most people could probably take a good look and say that's something I can improve on and, and set out to do more of, especially as life gets busier and busier. I think that's such an important takeaway. So that that's awesome. For sure. Thanks. Awesome. Well, again, a, a big thanks to, to Mike Graham for joining us today. I will link everything out to the podcast at platform.com. That's pltforum.com. And remember, at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.